Are you ready? You are about to enter the Power On Boost podcast, where we facilitate the awakening of your personal power by providing powerful content that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you realize you are enough. Come join your host, Adrian Wesley, and let him show you how you can turn your power on and be alive to thrive. Thank you very much for joining my podcast. I appreciate you being here. I love you a lot. My name is Adrian Z. Wesley. My mission is to make self-love go viral and to turn on personal power around the world. Some disclaimers for you before you get started. Number one is my opinion and content is not meant to replace medical advice. Always think for yourself. The other thing is, is there's a language advisory. Some people call my language vulgar and rough, and I call it authentic and liberated. If you want to help me turn on someone's personal power, save a life, make self-love go viral, please subscribe and leave a review on this podcast. Lastly, this podcast episode has been sponsored by www.poweronaudioclub.net. PowerOnAudioClub.net. The Power On Audio Club is a powerful business tool for online entrepreneurs. We are awakening personal power and entrepreneurial power worldwide, and we provide you with daily motivation, coaching and mentorship, mindset reprogramming, sleep optimization, human optimization, and business success education. Check out poweronaudioclub.net. Enjoy the episode and remember that you are super, super powerful. Change is for sure possible. Never, ever give up. You are super, super amazing. Power on Boost, raising vibrations and awakening personal and entrepreneurial power worldwide. I'm very excited to share this episode with you. I'm interviewing Balaj W. Cardos. He's my business partner, a brother from another mother, self-made millionaire. He used to knock on doors and was broke. This man knows entrepreneurship. He's also ethical and a wonderful human being. This episode is called Business Success with Balaj W. Cardos. We host it once a month on the Power On Audio Club. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the wisdom that comes out of Balaj's mouth. How you doing, Power On Audio Club? I'm super excited to be here again with brother Balaj W. Cardos. It's awesome to have you again on the show, brother. Absolutely, man. I love these shows. I look forward to them. Let's rock and roll. Nice. So before we started recording, I was asking you uh, how you deal with the ebb and flow of sales. So how does an entrepreneur deal with the fact that you can have one heavy big month, you feel like a rock star, and then four or five weeks go by and you're not as busy? What's your advice to anybody on how to deal with that, Balaj? Yeah, it's a great question. It's all entrepreneurs have to face that. All salespeople have to face that. It's normal life ebbs and flows and so does business. And so for me, what has helped over the years is sometimes when things are going really well, you start thinking of new things you can add or new ideas to try. And so you're thinking about what's possible. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we get creative and we 
want to add stuff always as opposed to just mastering the few simple things that we know work and we know we're great at. And so one of the best days is just to go back to the basics, go back to running the plays that got you the big month in the first place. And it's such a simple distinction. And sometimes people miss it completely because they're like, well, I am doing that. I'm still doing that. Uh, but that's actually not the case if you take a closer look and you realize like you're spending too much time worrying about why things aren't working or, or focusing on why sales aren't continuing to climb because in our fantasy mindset, we assume this like crazy month over month growth every single month until we're, you know, billionaires. <laughs> and that's just not the case and how it actually happens. There's, there's plateaus and there's things that work and you try stuff and sometimes ideas don't work and so on. So the best suggestion I have is go back to the drawing board, simplify, uh, really take your daily schedule, your daily method of operation, go back to the basics and the high income producing activities that you can do. And so the conversation that I had with you was, you know, getting in front of more people and having more opportunities for people to know you, like you, trust you, and then eventually decide to work with you and, and buy from you and buy from us and, and get more involved in the, in the Power on Audio Club. And that's what everybody needs to do. So whatever their product or service is, go back into doing what got you the success in the first place and cut out all the extra shit. And my ratio that I've, has always worked well for me is, is spend 80% of your time on what works and 20% of your time on testing new ideas. And don't get those things twisted because very quickly those ratios can reverse on you and then you're kind of stuck and um, feeling like you're sinking or just negative thoughts creep in. And uh, when you get back to the stuff that works, uh, you can quickly get out of that in a couple of days and, and get back to kicking ass. Love it. Love it. And to give everybody some context, what was going on is with the Power On Audio Club, we've uh, set up some advertising. I set up the affiliate program, uh, have set up some other things and stopped doing some group talks because I was busy with that. And now what I got to do is just get back to doing more group talks and doing the basics and the other stuff will come when it's meant to come. So great advice, uh, Balaj. Um, what I'd like to do is go over some of the daily audios that you submitted this month because repetition is really important. Not everybody heard them all. Um, one of them was about what have you sacrificed for your dream? And this is a big one to me because I believe a lot of entrepreneurs don't really understand this and they, they work at jobs and think they're just going to become super successful entrepreneurs and not have to sacrifice. Can you go off a bit about a sacrificing for what you need to happen? Oh man, this one's big. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when, how do I preface this? So for me personally, my story has a lot to do with experiencing sacrifices as a, as a child, witnessing sacrifice in front of my own eyes. And my mom sacrificed fuck so much stuff. And, uh, she worked three jobs, seven days a week and still had a smile on her face. And I didn't even know what she was actually sacrificing for years. So that's just one example. And you hear this in, uh, people's autobiographies or you see it on inspirational movies and you're like, fuck, wow. You know, it's that, it's that hero's journey essentially of sacrifice and struggle and pain and loss and then coming out a champion on the other side. But often in a first world country, uh, like most of us listening are in Canada or US or Australia or, you know, first world countries, we, we don't realize the struggle behind that immigrant story that so many people go through. And if you are an immigrant and you've experienced that and you know that 
sacrifice is just ingrained in your DNA. Basically, your entire life was founded on sacrifice. And there are many levels to this and different demographics and stuff. And I'm not going to go there. But the main thing I want you to think about is, for example, simple, simple, simple daily things. Uh, One example of it for me, one of the sacrifices I made early on was I love music. I love music, all kinds of music. I love rap music. I love electro music. I love house music. I even listen to classical music, depending on my mood, all kinds of different types of music. And I remember when I was in the beginning, I had my, I lost my license because I was an idiot and I was speeding. I couldn't drive a car. So I had to get around with public transportation. And so I used to listen to uh, kind of top 40 music or the radio or just my favorite songs, commuting to and from work, which was like a couple hours a day on uh, public transit. And so one sacrifice that was a little bit hard was like, man, I really enjoy listening to music. Like it makes me feel good, but I'm not necessarily learning anything. And so when I first got introduced to this idea around personal development and audio books and uh, podcasts weren't a thing at that point, but it was mainly audio books. Um, and so I was like, Mm, And every day there was this bit of a struggle, the sacrifice of like, man, I really want to listen to the new album that just came out because my friends are all singing along and I don't know the fucking lyrics. And I feel like a goof when I'm hanging around with them because I'm just humming along and I don't know what's going on because I'm not listening to the music every day on repetition like they are. But what I sacrificed there was that feeling of fitting in, that feeling of, you know what I mean? Like that that social norm around your friends and your influences. And and meanwhile, I was perfecting sales. I was perfecting personal growth and mindset and goal setting and other things. And so it got to the point where um, I developed this, this, I sacrificed the music for this. And that's just one, one small, small example of the struggle is very real. Um, Same thing goes for Netflix these days and these types of programs, which I know you talk about this a lot as well, Adrian, around like you get sucked into these shows and it's uh, propaganda related stuff and programming on the TV. And, you know, you, you get a lot of stuff from that that's just programmed into you. But um, it's another sacrifice as well is like, do you swap out the entertainment for something more educational and, and, you, and you learn? Um, so that's one example. Um, another, another thing specifically, too, was around expectations to do with holidays and birthdays and anniversaries and there's so much always going on that we don't realize how much of our time per year is dedicated to focusing on this. Like for example, just Christmas alone in North America is like six weeks of shopping and dinners and work parties and uh, social get togethers and drinking and eating your face and all this kind of thing. And really it's technically supposed to be one day or, you know, uh, an evening in a day. Um, and so people don't realize that. And six weeks of their of their year is out the window, exclusively focusing on keeping up with this, uh, I guess, holiday that has been totally turned into uh, monetization. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's been turned into a way to basically get your money right in in all these different ways. And so I sacrificed that. I sacrificed. I didn't go to no work parties. I wasn't available. Could I have gone? Sure. But instead I was watching and learning and reading and, and practicing and uh, uh, making sales and, and, you know, refining my craft. Um, and it sucks. It sucks when, when technically you could go, but you choose to say no. It does literally hurt. Like you feel it like fuck. Um, 
And then everybody, you get the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Everybody talks about how fun the party was and so-and-so got wasted and telling all the stories. And you do feel it. You're like, oh man, you know, now I, now I don't have that in common with everybody anymore because I wasn't at the party. But this is another example of sacrifice. Um, so there's lots that you can get into. They're sacrificing what you do with your money. They're sacrificing what you do with your time, what you do with your focus, what you do with your um, your attention. I deleted uh, social media from from my uh, from my phone, and I still check in on the browser and uh, on my computer. But it's not as easy to access anymore, and I don't aimlessly and just jump into it just just because it's like a, a habit. And so this past week since I've done this, it's been almost, I think it's six days since I've deleted it now. And, uh, I've missed out. Um, it was my brother's birthday yesterday and I missed out. I didn't see the post that he posted, um, on his stories and just little things like that. And I feel it in my body. It hurts like, but the sacrifice I'm making is I've been much more productive in my life, been much more present with my wife. Well, uh, that was like a rhyme, wasn't it? Life and life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been more present. I've been more productive. I've, I've had clearer thoughts. I've been more intentional with what I'm thinking. I'm not being influenced by dumb shit from all these different directions. So it's been amazing. But it's definitely this, this pull feeling of I missed out on some things I care about. I missed out on some things I love, genuinely. Uh, but, um, I also missed out on so much shit that, that I'm so happy I didn't even see, uh, at the same time. And so this is another example of a current sacrifice, which is a big deal for a lot of people, which is this constant need of being, uh, interconnected to all these people and what they're sharing and what they're posting. And it's been interesting, a a bit of an experiment for me because 90% of it makes no difference to me, uh, whether, whether I saw it or not. It does not mean I don't care about my friends or my family, um, which is a bit of a guilt feeling that you immediately feel when you don't see every single thing somebody shares or like or comment or like have all that going on. Um, And so it's been an interesting experiment. Um, But looking back on my life down the road, many years from now, I'm going to have a a baby girl, you know, in a few months. It's like, am I going to, what would I rather have? You know, being, being scrolling and seeing everything or being present with her. It's like, it's an easy decision. So I'm starting to practice and uh, get into that flow. And it's a, it's a weird feeling, man. And that's what sacrifice is. If sacrifice doesn't hurt, if sacrifice, you don't feel the, the literally the pain of the sacrifice, you're not sacrificing. You're staying comfortable. You're trying to do all the stuff that feels good always. And so, the, so in my opinion, the biggest sacrifices I've made, I've always felt it. It's always sucked. Um, but on the other side of it, the reward was worth it. And so that's what's gotten to me, gotten me to where I am in my life is this constant little tweak and adjustment of sacrifices over, over the last decade. And I feel like so many people expect the wins. They expect the money. They expect the freedom. They expect all the results. Um, and don't realize the bridge between where you are and where you need to get to sacrifice is one of the lanes along with many other things, but I don't think sacrifice is talked about enough and it's very important. Super important. And I'm wondering if you could drill in a little bit on financial sacrifice, because I don't think enough new entrepreneurs understand that the, the cash that you have in the bank and the access you have to cash is what can save your business. Can you chat a bit? Can you chat a bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's so, so important because the, the financial literacy that 
most people don't realize is so important is like, for me, when I first was pursuing business and sales, I was very money driven because I never had money. I was filling a void. And so I was filling the void of money and then I had money. And so because I filled this void, I was just all of a sudden like in these situations uh, where I always had to say I can't afford it. And now I'm in that exact same situation and I technically can't afford it. And so it's almost like this uh, feeling of, I got to, I got, how do I put it? Um, I want to feel what it feels like to actually buy it now. And that could be like at dinner. Uh, I remember my friends would invite me on road trips and vacations and things. And I would always say, I can't afford it. And I wouldn't go. Um, and, and it broke my heart because I would, once again, it was feeling in that case, it wasn't a voluntary sacrifice. It was an involuntary one, but I would still feel that like missing out, seeing the photos, seeing the pictures and the stories and the fun and whatever. And I was like, man, I, I just couldn't go even if I wanted to. And so it got to the place where like the reverse happened and I was like, okay, I got to. So I think it's important for entrepreneurs um, to have a list of these things that they want to make right. And then experiencing that. And most entrepreneurs that I know in the first year of financial success, they blow all their money. Um, they don't save for taxes. They don't put stuff away for a rainy day. And in a way, I think that's good. I know it's kind of counterproductive. I think it's good. It's like you fucking worked hard for it. Uh, enjoy it. But I don't think it's good to stay there. And I don't think it's good. It's kind of like when your parents try to teach you something and you know they have a point, but you're like, I'm going to find out for myself. It's kind of the same thing with taxes in the first year of success, I feel. Everybody tells you to be careful and everybody kind of messes it up that I know anyways. And that's the truth. Some people don't admit it, but they usually mess that up pretty bad. Um, they learn from the lesson and then they regroup. Um, so when it came to money for me, once I started really getting my shit together was I started looking at it like, it's not that I can't afford it or sorry, it's not that it's too expensive. It's that I can't afford it. And so what kind of percentage gap do I need to have between the lifestyle that I want and the income that I need to generate? And what are the sacrifices I need to make to make that happen? And so I started looking at something like buying uh, food out or, or Starbucks or these things that are easy to spend money because it's a little bit that adds up to a lot very fast. And I just started asking myself, I'm like, is this the best use of this money right now in this moment? And could I actually spend it right now and have a quick jolt of caffeine for the next 30 minutes? Or would I rather say no, sacrifice that feeling once again, it hurts. Ah, oh, man, that sucks. Um, and investing this into ads, investing this into my business, investing this or just saving it for um, maybe the ebb and flow that we were talking about when there's a, a slowdown in your sales. And so all of a sudden I, I moved my minimum of what was in my bank account. I redefined the zero and I kept moving that number up and it just takes the pressure off. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, get themselves into bad situations because they're always feeling this pressure of paying the bills at the end of the month. They don't have any reserves built up. And uh, I think that's super, super important. When you have 30, 40, 50, 100 grand in the bank, just sitting there um, and it's not dictating your day-to-day decision-making and day-to-day -day where you spend your money, you, you almost see the world from a completely different perspective right? Um, you don't have to feel like you're um, coming from an act of desperation. You don't have to take on clients that you're not really fully gelling with just for the commission. 
you don't, you don't take no shit. For example, like I remember when I was so stressed financially, I was basically everyone's little bitch because I couldn't stand up for myself because if I stood up for myself, I was so scared that I wouldn't get paid. And then I was going to get myself in all these problems. So when I had some cash reserves, I could tell someone who wasn't being ethical or wasn't playing fair or wasn't treating me the way I deserve. I could tell them to fuck off and I would not lose any sleep over my bills because I had plenty to back it up. And so it comes from, from a sense of power um, to have cash reserves. And it's something that everybody should prioritize and really um, strive to get to that place fast because then you come from a totally different place of power not power over people or power to harm anybody, but personal power where you can stand on your own two feet and be like, I don't need you. You know what I mean? Um, and I think not enough people are experiencing that in their business because they're in this survival mode, this fight or flight mode in their business constantly. And you want to get out of that as soon as possible. And it takes sacrifice on what you do with your money in the short term to be in that power ASAP. And then you start making the big boy money or big girl money because, um, you have cash to deploy, right? Like right now, for example, in the, in the marketplace with what's going on, there's tons of opportunities amongst all this chaos and all this negativity and markets crashing. Tons of opportunity if you have money. If you don't have money, it's the worst thing ever right now. This is the most stressful time of your life, most likely. You have money, you're laughing. You're like, I just got this off, 80% off. I got this 50% off. <laughs> it's, like, it's like sales season for people that have money. Um, and usually the best way to experience that is to go through a downturn without money and you know how shitty that is and, uh, and you've been there and I've been there and I know what that feels like and then you really want to quickly change that around until the next market cycle comes, which is eight to 10 years on most cases and then be, in, be on the opposite end of that where you get to benefit and the first time around other people benefited off, off of you probably. So that's my two cents on that but uh, yeah, like these days, man, it's cash is so important to deploy into generating more, generating more revenue and really building that wealth. And it takes time to get there for sure. And a lot of sacrifice. Well, if you're listening right now and you're an entrepreneur, that was probably some of the most important advice you'll ever hear, in my opinion, because you get back what you vibrate. And if you're anxious, you're going to just get back more things to make you more anxious and I can uh, attest to what Balaj is saying. I've got cash now and I'm able to sit back and relax. I'm not scared about paying my bills and I'm able to make better business decisions. I'm able to operate better. I'm not operating from stress. So hear us loud and clear. Stop spending your fucking money on stupid things. Spend it on personal development, on your ads, your mental health and your primary uh, shelter and food. Um, one last topic, brother, re-engineering your life. This is super powerful because I think people operate from where I am today and where I was yesterday. But can you uh, shed some light on this topic? Yeah, this is another big one. It goes hand in hand with what we're talking about tonight and hand in hand with the sacrifice topic of earlier. And it's the biggest thing that keeps people stuck is that they make decisions based on their circumstances they don't make decisions based on their goals. And so they're making their decisions based on what is going on right now, not where they want to be. And that is a different side of you. It is a different part of you that shows up to that question of what should I do now? And it's based on what should I do now based on now or what should I do now based on where I want to be in six months, one year, two years, five years. And you'll notice that the further out you stretch it, your answer will change. 
and especially when it comes to your money, especially when it comes to your sacrifices. Because yeah, in the short term, this might not be the best feeling or the best decision. You might feel that loss or FOMO or whatever, but the five-year version of you living your dreams is going to look back and be like, fuck man, you made the right call there. Um, thank you for that. Or else we wouldn't be on this fucking yacht in the Bahamas right now <laughs> as an example. Uh, so I think that that is so important is, okay, so here's where I'm at. Um, here's my circumstances. Here's what's going on. It could feel like life is caving in on you. It could feel like all this stuff, financial stress and personal stress and whatever. It's like, here's where I'm at right now. Um, but if I was making 10K a month, if I was making 20K a month, if I was living in my dream home, if I had all this stuff sorted out, what would I do then? How would I show up then? How would I think differently then? And so you're putting yourself into this future, better, optimal version of you. And ironically, even though you're not there yet, possibly, and it's something you're looking forward to, you can still draw wisdom from that future self. It's really interesting. It's like just by putting yourself in that mind of like, what would that person do in those, in those situations? You can draw some wisdom even though you're not there yet. How does that work, right? It's really interesting. It's like you're looking at it through a different paradigm completely. Uh, and most of us know more than we're doing. We know better than we're actually doing. So if you've read some books on business, on sales, on marketing, on finance, which you most likely have, listening to the Power On Audio Club, we drop so much value and wisdom on you. You know way more than you're actually doing. And so by you putting yourself in this future, better version of yourself, all you're going to draw from is the subconscious mind of shit you know you should be doing now anyway. <laughs> so you pull it from there and go, well, fuck yeah, that, that version of me would do this. And then you apply it. Uh, so I think that's really big. Um, so act from a place of where you want to go based on your goals, not from your circumstances. And then the other thing around re-engineering and restructuring your life, reverse engineering, is realizing the gap of where you want to be and where you are. And sometimes we, we imagine that we need to have way more money than we actually want. Uh, we need to take this long, difficult, challenging path to where we want to go. And the best example that I had of this is, is that story that we've shared before. I think it's from Paulo Coelho, the fisherman story. You know the one? Yeah. That, that story was so powerful because if you haven't heard, I can't remember what the name of it is, but you can Google it. It's um, the fisherman and the businessman or something like that is the name of the story. But it's, I'm not going to get into it, but essentially it's, it's one guy who's living on the beach, kind of like Adrian, basically like Adrian, living on the beach, uh, you know, has the, the water in front of his view in his home. And he's already living the lifestyle that some people take this long, challenging path of growing multiple businesses, growing up to this huge thing, then having to sell them off, then retiring, then downsizing, then moving to a tropical destination, then living on the beach and living happily ever after. And it's like the fisherman's like, so why should I go do all that shit? I'm already, I'm already in that future place now. And I'm there 30 years before you. It's a very powerful story. And so often we're chasing this thing with no actual end in mind. We don't know where we're going. We're in this speeding bullet train of our fast-paced life, our fast-paced reality. And we don't even know where the fuck the train is going because we've never stopped to think about what does this actually mean? Why do all of this? What's the point? Uh, and so if you get to that place first, what does that dream life actually consist of? And it doesn't have to be the, the jets and the mansions and the materialistic things like everybody thinks is like the ultimate goal. It doesn't have to be that at all. It could be whatever you want it to be. 
but until you know what it is, how will you ever know if you've arrived? That's the biggest point is it's like, if you don't ever program in the destination in the GPS and you just get in your car and you just keep driving around, where are you ever going to go? Yeah, you might take the scenic route. Yeah, there might be beautiful things along the journey and that's awesome. You're still going to have a great road trip. But at some point, you're going to pull the car over and go, where the fuck am I? And why am I doing this? Why did I even leave the house? <laughs> and that's kind of what the midlife crisis is, in my opinion, even though I've never had one and I'm not at that typical age yet where people have that. But I think that's where it comes from. Is like, I've just been doing this stuff for 25 years. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? I don't have the sports car. I don't go fishing like I love. I don't do all this shit that I've always wanted to do. I'm chasing something that kind of doesn't have a purpose. So the reverse engineering is so important because after that point, all of your decisions, all of your sacrifices, all of your disciplines, all of your habits are either pointing to the North Star, which is the goal, or they're not. It's a very black and white, easy decision, right? Like, if I do this, am I going to end up there? Yes or no? No, mm, probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> but otherwise, you're just always like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go and do X or let's go do Y. And, uh, and I feel like people wouldn't take as long to live their dreams if they just got clear on what that actually looked like. And it wasn't so vague. And like, it means this. And it's like, there's got to be more to it. Um, Anyways, that was kind of a mouthful. It was a bit of a no, rant. No, it was, it was very powerful. And the only thing I'd add to it is when you're defining your dream, everybody, and you're re-engineering, make sure that that dream is what you want as an individual. Exactly. Because a lot of people think you need to have a big mansion and a fancy car. Well, that shit doesn't get my crank going. It, that's okay for some people. But for me, I want to be on the beach. So I found an apartment in Thailand that cost me $600 Canadian a month to rent and I can walk out on the beach. Do I own it? But I don't need that. So all I'm, all Balaj and I are telling you is figure out where you're going, put that in the GPS, but also make sure that you're going to where you want to go and not where everybody tells you you should go. Balaj, and the last point, the last point I'll quickly add, sorry, brother. The last point I'll quickly add that is so important as well is if you're in a, in a relationship with a partner, um, it often can be that you don't have that common goal, that common GPS. And I think that's also really important because the chances of two people wanting exactly the same thing on all the minutiae and all the details is unlikely. And so by you having that discussion, like think about it, it's like if you want to go on a trip or a vacation and you have a family and you have other people that you want to go with, you're going to have a, a chat over, you know, dinner or something. Hey, where does everyone want to go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you guys want to go to Disneyland, you guys want to go to the national park, whatever the case is. And so you have a discussion and then there's a bit of a vote or like everybody shares their two cents on what they want to do and what would be fun for them. And then you make the plan, you make the itinerary and you make sure you accommodate everybody uh, as best as possible or you take turns. But when you're actually planning your future, like the long-term game, uh, it's very important to, uh, in my opinion anyway, um, I involve my wife, I ask her what she wants, I ask her to see how my, my vision and my goals ultimately align with hers. And we almost actually broke up over this. And this is why I'm sharing this with you is really important is because we never had that conversation. And in the beginning, when we dated, this was 10 years ago. Now we've been together for 10 years. Uh, life was very different. Uh, we were, we were younger. We didn't have as much clarity. We never really gave it that much thought at that point. Um, and so that initial conversation of us dating and making sure we're a good fit to be together uh, was, was good. And it was honest and truthful at the time. But as the years went by, it was about five years later, we never revisited the conversation. 
And so at this point, I was five years into personal growth. I had read so many books. I had completely shifted my paradigm around what was possible and what, what the potential was for the future and all this kind of thing. And she also had her own experiences where like family and other things were happening. And it was never properly brought back to this, like, do we still want the same thing? Do we want to make some adjustments or changes? And so once we had this chat, what was really ironic, and this is really powerful for you guys, especially those of you in relationships, is that the end goal of where we saw our future was almost the same. It was very, very similar. But the path to get there was completely different. And so there was this constant friction because I was taking this so-called road less traveled uh, where things didn't happen in this like very um, society's expectations of how it's supposed to go. That was kind of my, my path going this way. And then her path was similar, but it was very much like do this first, do this next, do this next, because that's where she was raised and there's nothing wrong with that. And so we were having this friction because my priorities were going left and hers were like, man, we should really be going right. And it was causing friction but we didn't realize we were going around this bend leading to this point down the road uh, in the future. So when we had that conversation, it was ultimately what made us realize we should get married. We are a perfect match. We are going to have a family. And it was just really interesting how this isn't taught or it's not um, common knowledge in, from what I've seen with, with uh, couples. And, uh, and also remember that your destination can, can, uh, can evolve. It doesn't have to be like, this is my life. You know what I mean? It's like in five, 10, 15 years, you might want something a little different. And it's just important to keep having those conversations. And then just like, if you're in a car, you can change your mind along the way and say, you know what? Fuck it. Let, let's not go there anymore. Look at this resort or look at this beach or let's go check this thing out. And it wasn't in the plans and it still ends up being awesome. So that's just my last little two cents on that. But I think it's really important. Super powerful. It's been amazing talking to you, Balaj. <clears throat> Got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this. What, what do you want to close off with? What, what, can you, what boost can you give everybody that's listening to finish off this episode, brother? You're, you're talking to entrepreneurs. Some of them are at home right now, not knowing what the fuck to do, scared. What, what do you want to tell them to finish off? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I can relate. It's been, a, it's been a crazy 2020 so far, lots of ups and downs. I've been personally tested in lots of ways, in new ways, new muscles are growing and developing on how to handle certain things, new challenges. So I totally relate. Whether you're just getting started or you're experienced uh, entrepreneur, life is fucking hitting you in the face <laughs> in 2020. That's the reality. Anybody who says, oh, it's fine, like they're full of shit. So it's very intense for everybody in different ways. Uh, but what I've found is that especially an online entrepreneur, a leader, uh, somebody who's, who's willing to put themselves out there and to be criticized or to be ridiculed or to be judged because you're not hiding. You know what I mean? That's part of being an entrepreneur is really like going out there and taking action. And it may not be the perfect thing every time, but you're still out there getting it done and doing it is really um, check back in with what you need. Uh, and, and that has been a big thing for me is like, what do I need right now? Cause I'm always serving others. I'm always leading by example as best as I can. I'm always saying yes to helping all the time. So I'm always giving myself. And during this time right now, I was like, man, I got to take a step back here and like, what do I need? Um, and, and if people are going to get upset about something that I need right now, um, so be it. You know what I mean? And so I think that it's important to check back in with you. Uh, depending on what your circumstances are, it might be a little bit different. 
on how many people count on you day to day and whatnot. And that's fine. It, it doesn't have to be a lot of people. Um, but since, like I said, making certain adjustments, I've been letting go with the, the, the audios. I've been listening to the sleep hypnosis before night. I've been implementing the very same thing Adrian teaches all of us. And that's been a huge help for me. Um, I've also uh, deleted social media because it was too noisy, too opinionated, um, too judgmental. It was, it was causing more negative in my opinion. And that was, and then here's the thing. One last thing I'll mention about that. Um, I follow on Instagram less than 70 people. Okay. So I'm not even one of those people that follows thousands of people and it's bombarded. I've already gotten past that challenge a while back and, uh, I, I was down to 70 people. And even within that, um, it was feeling like I was getting punched in the face. The second I opened the app, I was getting punched in my face. That's what it felt like. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Uh, so I had to make that call. Um, I've been spending a lot more time in nature, complete game changer. Um, I've been gardening, which is kind of funny. Um, kind of random, I guess, but I've been gardening. I know you're starting, um, a farm now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super amazing. Um, I, I go out there and one, <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> I kind of digress right now, but, uh, we have a slug issue. Okay. And we have these little fucking slugs. They're like super small. And they're just sitting there eating the lettuce, right? And I'm like, man, these, we have holes in our lettuce. It's just gong show. We're trying to figure it out. And uh, the other day, I found this little stick. It was like a little twig on the, on the ground um, by the tree. And I'm picking these slugs off the lettuce one by one, okay? And it's like this slow process. It's like zen. And I got to move it super slow. And I got to like tilt it onto the stick. And I go over here and like throw it in the bush. And I'm doing this for like 30 minutes, okay? And there's like 50 slugs I got off the lettuce. And after I, I look up and I'm like, wow, that was really peaceful. <laughs> and it was like the funniest thing because I'm like, who would have ever thought picking slugs off lettuce was like therapeutic? Uh, it was amazing. So uh, I've been doing that. But yeah, really just taking time to myself, um, leaving space in my calendar to just be like not have anything to do. Um, even, even something like meditation, it's still a thing to do in the calendar. It's like meditate, you know what I mean? And then the, the, the time comes and you're like, all right, here I go. Got to let go. And it's like, I've been leaving space to have nothing on purpose. And it's like this, and, and I'm not going to scroll anymore because my apps are deleted. So now I'm just thinking about things and just kind of being walking in the garden. And so it's been an interesting thing to like, just simplify, uh, uh, spend more time with me, what I need in this moment and not feel guilty around it or not feeling like I got to produce or I got to take action. Um, which we, we constantly remind you, right? Take action. And it is important, but at what cost is it, is it, is it at the cost of your mental health? Is it at the cost of your peace? Is it at the cost of these other things? And so you have to make sure that you realize that those other things are important. Uh, but you got to, put a little bit of time for you, um, more so now than ever before and cut the noise out. Um, and I'm telling you, it's been almost a week and I just feel like my overall energy has dropped down into this more grounded place because I don't have everybody's voices in my mind telling me what's right or wrong, telling me what I should do. If I don't do this, I'm this. If I do that, I'm that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. All of your pointing fingers and judging and all your opinions don't actually mean shit and it's not actually true. So, uh, it's been a huge change for me, huge help for me. Um, and hopefully that ha helps you as well. Um, 
with whatever you're going through right now. Awesome, Blage. Awesome. Uh, if you're part of the Power On Audio Club, you're part of something very special and Blage is going to come out next month and we're going to share some more info. You guys are super powerful. You can create your dreams. Never, ever give up. Keep going. Dreams can come true. Balaj's proof. He was fucking knocking on doors, broke. <laughs> I was bankrupt 10 years ago, fucking $100 in my bank account, working construction. Both of us are living proof that you can live a life that you love, being healthy, mentally stable. Well, I don't know about mentally stable. <laughs> it's a work in progress. <laughs> we love you guys lots. We believe in you. Keep going. Dreams can come true. You just finished another episode of the Power On Boost podcast with your host, Adrian Wesley. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and tune in next time. Power On!